Welcome everyone to our TDC Connect Design Learn podcast mini-sodes. We are taking time today to talk to people all over our wonderful district to share stories and connect during this strange and challenging time. My name is Vanessa Jones and I am a technology design coach and I will be your host today for this episode. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Mary Tiarina, who is a pre-K bilingual teacher at Menchaca Elementary, and we will also be talking to Eliza Layola, who is the principal at Menchaca Elementary. Well, first of all, before we get started, I just want to take a little quick little pulse check and ask, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, considering... <laughs> <laughs> I'm adjusting to the, um, I'm adjusting to working from home uh, like everybody else and Mm -hmm. trying ways to connect, stay connected with my friends and families and my kids at home. How about you, Eliza? Um, I think the last uh, six weeks have been extraordinarily (laughs) challenging as a elementary school principal and a parent um, with a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old who are also trying to do school online. Um, But I think we all have finally found some routine in our new reality. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this, I'm honestly sad that it's the end of the school year (laughs) (laughs) because we've actually all found our rhythm now in, in our day. And you guys have done an awesome job of collaboration. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to actually just do this um, interview with both of you, the tag team. (laughs) Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Mary, we'll actually go ahead and start with you. I want to know, what is one celebration you like to share with us? I would say that there are a couple of positives that in this situation that have come about and you know, personally, I've, I've come to cherish my time with my husband. We have a, a newfound uh, love for this us time, our little me time together where we drink our coffee and get our mindset ready for the day and just staying and supporting each other through this. As far as a positive with my, my teaching experience, I would say that um, it has really bonded us together. I'm, I love I love my class and we are one big family. I feel like we are really connected going through this and I'm, I'm also sad to see them go and uh, gonna have to figure a way to celebrate our, our, our year together in, in a different kind of way than I usually do. So um, positive is that we're really together. We're a family apart, but together. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say has been your biggest learning now that you are in this new context? Uh, my biggest learning really is uh, when I, when this was all starting to happen, um, there was some concern like what this was going to look like with four-year-olds. You know, how am I going to uh, keep their attention? How am I going to even get to the content? And uh, really, Miss Leola, Eliza, she really started us off right in the big very beginning and she said she's always said to start with the heart and i thought about that uh that to lead me and guide me everything i do and everything that i was planning to do with my kids was to start with the heart and uh, just checked in on my families and making sure that they were okay and making sure that they had access to whatever they need whether it was you know um, health or um 
technology, um, but most of all, I think that connected piece. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about what was most important for my kids, and that was the challenge that, that I think was the biggest challenge was how was I going to make sure that they felt connected. And, and I was so grateful that Zoom uh, was a platform that we had uh, adopted and used because our very first Zoom, you could just see the immediate connection with all the kids. Their, their faces just lit up. It didn't <laughs> matter about anything else. It's just that there you are, my friends, my family, my, my teacher, and we all just connected right then and there. And um, <laughs> I believe I shed some tears. <laughs> it was, it, it was um, the most important piece, really. That was the challenging piece, but yet it was the most important piece. And that was the connection and making sure that we honored that. Well, thank you. Um, what about you, um, Eliza? What would you say have been something that has been very positive that you have experienced or have seen? Um, I think in terms of celebrations, um, really touches on what Mary brought up and that uh, the community that you build in your classroom on a day-to-day -day basis with students and the work that you put in, um, you can actually transfer over to a digital platform. It requires a tremendous amount of work and I would say a lot of thoughtful planning on behalf of our teachers to do that. But if you prioritize that going into any type of distance learning, then your kids show up. The students show up because they want to see their teacher, they want to see their classmates. So then when you start to ask them to do the work and the heavy lifting and the assignments and the projects online, they are much more willing to do that because they have people to share them with you. The teacher has created that platform and that safe space for them already. I think that for me is the biggest celebration. We have teachers that use Zoom. And for us um, with distance learning in Austin, all of our, our core lessons are um, taught, are, are pre-recorded. So anytime we come together in any kind of live platform, it really is about uh, classroom community building, SEL lessons and check-ins. And so um, our students want to see their teacher and they want to see each other and they show up for that. Uh, we have teachers who have 18, 19 out of 20 kids show up every single day for a 20 minute check-in. Um, and show up for office hours because they want to stay connected. And I think what Mary brought up that was so important for our kids and it was so important for our families. Um, those first two weeks we prioritized, you know, Maslow's hierarchy. Are our families okay? Do they know where um, the lunch meals are provided? Do they know how to get online? Do they know that um, there are resources available in the city and pushing all of that out as the forefront um, and then after that pushing out academics um, I think was really important. I think the other thing I really learned through this process, I mean, we're on week six this week, um, is you cannot give up mm -hmm. trying to reach some of your families. And there were some families that were in immediate crisis when the shutdown occurred, and it took them two, three weeks to stabilize, four weeks. And we've had teaching assistants who have been going back, calling all of our families every week particularly some of our students with special needs. And it has literally been week five and six where we have students getting online. That is so wonderful. Thank and, you for sharing that. And I think that's the piece. You just, you have to keep calling because when a family's in crisis, they can't take that call and they can't think about what their child might need when they're thinking about their rent or they're thinking about their, their job. 
but that person kept calling and now they can think about, yes, I do need you to help my child. Here they are. <laughs> that, I mean, and I think that piece has been huge. I think the other piece that I, is a huge celebration is um, the teaching assistants that are at our campus and the students that they're working with have really figured out how to work with our students and families in meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So we have some students that can't get online till 6.30, 7, 7.30. And so we have teaching assistants who are online with students. One is online from 6.30 to 7.30, three days a week. The other one is online from 7 to 8, three days a week with a student working through their classwork so that they can turn it in and, you know, prompting them and getting on and and then the teaching assistants learning how to use blend, right? And navigating it. <laughs> and I think when the kids can see that even the teaching assistants, like, I don't know, which is the submit button, um, but they're doing it together and online um, it has been a real huge success. And that was two days ago. Mm -hmm. So it took five weeks for that to happen. And that was really powerful. That was the, that, that has been the absolute highlight, I would say of my week. Um, and maybe of this whole experience that you just keep at it. That is such a wonderful connection. Just thinking about what you just said, Miss Loyola, um, would you say that that was your most challenging aspect of this whole distance learning? Or uh, would you say that that surprised you? Or um, In terms of uh, tracking down some of our families and students? Exactly. I think the most challenging piece, honestly, is finding balance for our teachers and our staff who have families in their own homes and are still trying to give 100% um, for their students and finding that balance when you record a lesson. Um, when do you have office hours? And if you're having office hours, that it's okay that your three-year-old is interrupting you. And, and I think that has actually probably been the hardest challenge because our teachers hold themselves to such an extraordinarily high standard and they want to create that division of time. And we're in a situation where that's simply not possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have two children. And so my very first faculty meeting, my 12 year old son is up next to me screaming at me because he needs to get on a Zoom meeting at the <laughs> same time. And I'm like, I'm trying to run a faculty meeting, right? And, you know, and his first grade teacher is like, it's day one, day two of distance learning. Like she texted me, right? And said, mm -hmm. He's, it, we're only on day two. It's okay. <laughs> like, but it was okay for me also because I want to have clear distinctions. And I think that's been probably the, the most challenging piece is how do you support teachers with families who um, are trying to take care of their own children, their own children's distance learning, managing at, at home and then trying to take care of their students as well. Um, and I think that's, that is an extraordinary stress that um, is, is really, really difficult. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Mary, uh, same question. You kind of um, talked a little bit about some of the challenges. Uh, what would be some challenges for you and what do you wish you would have known before all of this started? Honestly, I don't know if there was a way to prepare for this. I feel prepared for the fall. Like if this is going to, we're going to be in this situation. I feel like there's a lot I want to work on over the summer to get organized. But I'm, I would say that what Ms. Leo, what, what Eliza said is the same. 
I would have to agree with, with Ms. Layola that it was about meeting the parents where they were at and checking in with them. It was important to not just think about the academic piece, but their, their piece, how they were doing their well-being, what schedule they had, they had, what they were balancing, and those phone calls. I think that was really important to remember that they're also juggling their own lives and uh, they have, some of them have multiple children. And so how are they balancing all those schedules and making sure that they have access to the technology, but also the times available. I had a family that was working on downloading the app on the iPhone and they had one iPhone for a family with three children. And so she was needing to work and then the children needed to be on their Zooms. And so we had to kind of consider that. What, what did they need? What times were they available? How could I help them? Um, but also looking at what my families needed. What did my parents need? This was a big adjustment for them as well. Um, they were going to work and juggling the life of now working from home with their children at home beside them and trying to monitor and help support them while working right next to them was a challenge. And so one of the things that I did that I um, offered was to have a Zoom with just my parents, like just to show them, reach out to them first just to connect. How are you doing? What can I do to support you? This is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Does this time work for you? Um, what would you like? And then also just giving them that platform for them to talk to each other. And I think that was a huge piece of that they needed to support each other. They all have same situations and some of them are different situations, but that communication with one another that I'm a parent and we're in this together. Um, how are you doing this? And it just gave them a, a voice in the whole process. And it allowed me to make adjustments that I needed. And that's where I um, determined from my own class that I had my Zooms in the morning and my conference times in the afternoon just to kind of have breaks. Like when do they have their morning routine? The children needed to have time to have that morning routine with their families. They're waking up, the breakfast, the settling in, and then families adjusting to their work time and uh, giving them time to be able to support everybody. And then also offering that time when they couldn't make it how was I going to support my families when their child was sick or when things popped up? Where was I going to save our Zooms or our information that we were going over? I wanted to make sure everyone felt included. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge piece um, that I'm going to remember as I plan and go forward. That's outstanding. Would you say that your main form of communication was with Zoom and you had said also too about some phone calls? In the very beginning, uh, when all this did start, yes, I was. I, we use a platform called Living Tree, and so that's the way we communicate with everybody on the campus. And we quickly established Zoom as a way to reach out to our families and have that face-to-face -face connection. But I was also part of a leadership pathway in the district that um, allowed me to explore with technology and. Uh, build on my own skills. And so I, I've been using a lot of blend, blended learning, um, as well as Seesaw. So my families had different platforms that they could use to check in with me and show uh, their, help their children show their learning. And then I could give feedback. But like I said, the very first piece was Zoom, just to reach out and provide that face-to-face -face connection with my families and with the children. And so you were doing a lot of that before our distant learning situation occurred. Is that correct? Yes. So a couple of years ago, I started a leadership pathway with Austin ISD 
and it allowed for me to explore how I could use technology to support learning in the classroom. And um, <laughs> I had, I had, it all started when I had attended a training um, looking at Seesaw, which is an amazing uh, platform. It's an online student portfolio program that allows children to show their work. And I fell in love with that. So I, as soon as I heard about this leadership pathway in the district, I jumped on thinking that's what I was going to pursue. And it turned into a much broader uh, learning experience that I'm so grateful for. And when I first started, I'm not going to lie, I, uh, I thought I was going <laughs> to quit <laughs> from the very beginning. I thought, how on earth are my four-year-olds going to do this? And I had a wonderful technology design coach. Vanessa Jones, so thank you. And uh, she, you know, she supported me and guided me to really reflect on what it what it was that I wanted. What did I want? How did I want to use technology to support what was going in the classroom? And when I shared that with her, she encouraged me to to stay the course and to keep going and thinking about the big picture of what I wanted. And I'm so grateful. It really has turned in. <laughs> it has really turned into such a positive experience. So this year, when I started the school year, my students in the classroom already had um, access to Blend and were able to access all my materials and supporting stories, videos, websites that were already in there, and my families uh, knew about it. Um, that's where I stored all my classroom information. Um, and then my children also had access to Seesaw where um, they were able to share what they were learning in the classroom and their parents had real time uh, access to what they were learning. So when everything started to happen this spring, I feel very fortunate that I felt like my families were prepared on how to use the technology, but it was very different still. It was a, it was a different way of doing it. I, I, I went back to where they were as a, as, a, as a parent going through this, um, they're now side by side with me teaching their children and I wanna make sure that they're feeling successful along with their children so that we can all be in this together and we can all support each other. So I feel like my families were very prepared for the tools that I was going to use. They just needed support in using it. And so my very first Zoom uh, was checking in on them, but also, showing them how to access all those things that we had talked about all year long. And, uh, and then also being there for future Zooms, like just how are things going? Do you need help with any of the material? Um, I wanna add to what Mary just said. And I think one of the things that she brought up was how do we um, not just bring in students to this process, how do you bring in the whole family? Early on, there were several teachers who started doing teacher train, uh, parent trainings. And so as soon as I kind of heard, wow, that makes sense, that was shared with the staff. You know, just highlighting the things that are working really well for other teachers and highlighting it with the staff, um, I think has been really powerful because that lets, this, it, number one, it's the way we can share ideas. Um, we've been doing that during our faculty meeting, but, and so it goes from as little as, hey, this is, we had a parent Zoom meeting to really go over the platforms that we're using and how they work to here are the platforms that I'm using. Here's how I have my digital classroom set up. I think Minchaka is unique because we aren't all using one platform. Um, and I think that presents challenges for families. 
um, but it also has given our teachers some freedom to work through and with platforms that are more intuitive for them. So we actually have teachers using um, Seesaw, Google Classroom, and then Blend, which is the Canvas um, adaptation for our school district. And uh, so our teachers have shared the different setups that they have um, for their classrooms um, and then have worked with each other to help set up. I think, you know, Mary's probably worked one on one with at least five different teachers to set up their classrooms through Seesaw, you know, because Mary shared what her classroom looked like. That can be a little intimidating and overwhelming when you have a very experienced and adept teacher kind of showing you the end product, but then having Mary really support teachers one-on-one -on -one, um, and prompting them through the activity of setting up their classroom and then using Zoom as the platform to be able to do that has been really helpful. I think also having situations that are non-threatening to parents and teachers where you get to use those platforms is fun. And so making sure that the teachers know about other platforms that can be integrated into their online classroom, like Flipgrid, like Kahoot, like Quizzes, they're all great resources. But if you just tell them they're great resources, they might not use them. But if you give the teachers the opportunity to use them in a fun way, they're much more likely to use them in their classroom. Uh, so we just did a Flipgrid where the teachers only talked about their favorite movie. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that's as a simple flip grid interaction, but they all understood very quickly how easy it was to use. And I think for the parents doing the exact same thing for the parents. And so early on, I set up a private Facebook group for our families, um, mainly to get them used to receiving communication from me in a different way so that I could do some Facebook live meetings with them um, and share information with them. But I buffered that beforehand with doing fun things and I still do fun things with them like a dance party every Friday night so we have a Friday night dance party we have um, Museum Monday and so we do uh, virtual field trips we go on we do a Museum Monday and we do a field trip Friday and we've been doing that since before April 6th uh, we've been doing that since we rolled out to distance learning wow that's uh, outstanding so, yeah and it's been a lot of fun, but it's also been a way for me to stay engaged with the kids in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fun because we have teachers that show up to these field trips <laughs> and they just want to hang out also. Like our teachers want to see the kids and it's just really a place where one, we're going to see something interesting in you, um, but two, the kids get to connect um, with a lot of adults um, who are there as well. And um, Eliza, follow-up question to that. Um, from your teacher lens, from their teacher perspective, what do you think is the most useful tool that you've used um, to communicate with students, to communicate with parents, teachers, and other administrators in the district? What would you say would be your most helpful tool? My most helpful digital tool? Yes. <laughs> All the ones that you mentioned, uh, what would you say would be your most helpful one? I think right now, honestly, Facebook is a really easy platform. Um, so we have a teacher Facebook group. It allows me to push out a lot of resources to the teachers um, or articles or things that might be of interest that they can use for um, online teaching and then or digital learning. 
Um, and then the closed parent Facebook group allows me to push out information really quickly to parents um, or to schedule Facebook, you know, have a Facebook live parent information session that's back and forth and then save it where parents can review it afterwards. So honestly, that it's a pretty, it's very easy. Perfect. Thank you so much. And our final question uh, today is, and we can start with you, Mary, and then we can go back to Eliza. What advice would you like to offer to others? And then also, um, what keeps you grounded right now? And we talked a little bit about your family, but what else keeps you grounded? And is there anything else you would like to share with us that we didn't cover? And Lastly, I know it's a lot of questions, but what is your motto? What keeps you going? I may need for you to repeat that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. What about what Three advice? We, yeah, I'll ask one question at a time. At a time. Uh, what advice would you like to offer others? We'll start with that one. My advice would be to start with the heart and to also be kind uh, to yourself. This is a learning experience for all of us and uh, reach out for support. There are people around you that love and care for you and they will support you. You just got to reach out there and, and get help when you need it. Perfect. Um, Eliza, what advice would you uh, like to offer others? There's so much advice I want to give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I know it's going to be edited. Um, <laughs> I think in terms of uh, talking about distance learning and advice that I would give around um, moving towards distance learning or some sort of blended platform learning um, really goes back to what we discussed early on and it's to establish a really strong um, community with the group of students that you're working with. And if you can do that, um, the kids show up and then the kids will work. Um, but if you, if, if you don't put that time and effort early in, it's like a classroom. It really is a classroom. And the work that you put into your classrooms at the beginning of the year about routines and procedures, but really more importantly about how are we going to treat each other um, as a group of learners and how am I going to respect you as a learner and how are you going to respect your classmates and how are we going to share and take turns? There are ways to do that online. There are, there are ways for kids to share their learning with each other online. And when, um, you front load that, that that is how your online classroom is going to operate. Um, kids want to work. They want to show up. Mm -hmm. um, my own two children are never late for a Zoom, never, <laughs> because they want to see their teachers. They want to see their classmates, and it is so important to them. Um, and so when they're asked to work on biographies or projects or um, whatever else it is, um, they're doing the work. But that's because there's somebody to turn the work into that has a personal and meaningful connection with them. And I think, you know, that, that as, as much as we're going to discuss, you know, all the digital platforms that are possible and then make um, distance learning uh, fun and engaging. If you don't have teachers that are still willing to put that emotional piece in with their kids and building those relationships with their students, um, that's where it's still at. And I think that's my advice. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece of advice I have is you have got to give your teachers time to um, learn how to use all of these resources and then go back again and say, hey, did you use that resource? And hey, 
maybe it's time we start using this resource. I would say my most veteran senior teachers, and I'm talking over 25 years of classroom experience, have really done an outstanding job with digital learning, with distance learning. They have honestly surprised me. They have exceeded my expectation because they still so deeply believe in sort of like the classroom model, right? And they're making sure that their kids learn and they've got sort of some real old fashioned grit in them, right? About like, we're gonna get kids to learn. And they have, you know, it, 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 it's been a harder road for them because it's not intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. You've got 21 year old teachers who are running a Google classroom in a day, right? It, that's just sort of the, the way that they've grown up. But I think my senior teeth, my most veteran teachers have really um, just, they, I, I'm so incredibly proud of the, the work that they've produced for their kids. Wouldn't you say, Mary? Yeah, I actually, <laughs> yes, I have to agree. I, I just, the idea of, I have to agree. When you said meeting the children where they're at, I think that's an important piece. Meeting your families and your children where they're at will help them to be successful. And just thinking about this virtual experience as an extension to what you're already doing. And, and really the most important piece that you, that you hit right on the target was this, com- this community feeling, right? Making sure and connecting with your families, making sure they're okay. And um, the first couple of times when you reach out, it is all about making sure they're okay. But when you start getting into your routine and making sure that your your sessions are including pieces of that social emotional learning, that those pieces to connect your kids. It's so powerful. And that's really what's going to keep your kids in, engaged and involved and, um, and get them to return day after day because they want to be connected with their friends. They want to be connected with their classrooms and their teachers. And, and it's an extension of the classroom. I was thinking also um, this idea of, where we started, Eliza, uh, the beginning when we first started this path of providing professional development for the, for the teachers, we started off by chunking those sessions of what blend was, what a seesaw look like. And we were very mindful of uh, not doing all at once. It was very short pieces of what it is, how to use these platforms, and then offering sessions throughout the year. We offered sessions for our teachers to um, be in smaller sessions so that they could talk with their teams and learn all about it in a risk-free way um, with their colleagues. And I think that really supported us, that personalized professional development where, where they were able to explore and be risk takers. Eliza planned it very well. Like she, she planned all of our sessions and our team meetings to include pieces of how other teachers were used. She gave us, she gave us ways to highlight how we were using different platforms with each other so that we could learn from each other. And I think that was a huge, powerful piece, just like you would in a classroom. You, you teach your children, you highlight their learning, you allow them to work with their friends and share their learning. That's exactly what she did for our campus. And really brought us in together. A voice and choice in that learner agency. Um, And I love the story too about um, never giving up on the students and 
you know, still trying to communicate and still trying to connect with those students. You know, it's never too late. So I just really love that story. Um, my other question is, what do you think, what keeps you grounded right now? What keeps me grounded? Faith. Mm -hmm. Faith keeps me grounded. I know that it's going to be okay with the, with, with the support that I have and those that are around me. Gosh, <laughs> make me cry. Um, okay. no. um, it's a reality. Grounded. Yeah, it is a reality, right? I think um, faith keeps me grounded and knowing that I work in an amazing school with a leader who knows what we're going through and um, checks in on us and, and helps us to know that just how she tells us to start with the heart. She checks in on us to make sure we're okay. And I think that's a um, huge piece for everybody and especially for me to know that it's okay. And what I'm doing is okay. And we're not perfect. We're not 100% experts in the way it's supposed to be or, or, or that it's okay to make mistakes, that it's okay to admit, oh my gosh, I am going to cry. <laughs> I mean, that you're, that you're not 100%. It's okay to feel these feelings. I think we're all in this. Um, our families are feeling this pressure. Our children are feeling this uneasiness. Um, and as a community, as a, as, as a school, we're feeling these emotions and we're all over the place. And, uh, to know that we're there for each other, I think is a huge piece. And so faith, faith that it's gonna be okay and that we're a family. And those of you that are just listening to our podcast with no visual, we're all three sitting here crying. <laughs> and so thank you, Mary, for sharing such truth. That is our truth and thank you. And we're gonna get through the rest of the podcast without all of us crying again. Um, Eliza, same question. Um, what keeps you grounded right now? Um, I think the things that keep me grounded um, are, I have an amazing husband, um, amazing support system at home, and uh, that really helps. And he works um, <laughs> pretty much from seven to four, so I actually don't see him all day. Uh, so um, when I see him, it's special and important, and um, I think he does a great job helping take care of our family. Um, but I think the other piece that keeps me grounded is I practice yoga every morning um, and I go to yoga class twice a week online. Um, I'm a very social person. And so um, staying socially connected, even through digital platforms is really important for me. Um, Zoom is a great uh, digital platform to stay connected to your friends and family after hours. And I think that, you know, those days where I know that that's going to happen and that I have um, time that I'm going to see my friends or my parents or uh, my sister and brother-in-law in the evening, um, those are become the highlights and, and keep me going. Uh, I think the other piece really is about the work that I love and being a principal. And so getting to do this work and having great days where I know we've made a difference or... Um, where things are happening and they're exciting and um, we're, you know, we're pushed, we're, you know, a teacher just sent me reading data for, for her students and she was so excited that her students had made progress on their reading data, even in the last six weeks. 
Um, and just that joy and excitement that she had to send me um, a picture of that, right? And then the, the excitement I felt for her, that is really what keeps me going during, during this time. I think what Mary brought up is that it, it's, it's such a strange and interesting and um, ever-changing uh, day and week that we go through. Um, and so I'm really learning to live with the and and so you can have a wonderful day and still be sad, or you can have a really yucky day and still be very grateful for the life that you have. The, the and is uh, something I'm also learning to live with, um, but also kind of sharing that with parents, right? And that your kids are experiencing the and constantly, and they just don't have the words for it. And I also have to remind myself that my own children live with the and, that they are doing a great job and that they miss their friends, and that they um, are getting to see their friends daily, and they miss their life. Um, <laughs> and so, and they are still sad. And so I think that the complexity of emotions for families and students every day is something that, um, as, as crazy as it sounds, but working with other people to help them navigate that um, is actually something that kind of keeps me going. And, Honestly, the idea of summer is a little um, overwhelming because <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with my time. <laughs> I, have to, I have to piggyback on that. I'm honestly, when uh, you ask me like what grounds me and faith is definitely the, something that grounds me, but I also have to say my children, uh, my personal children, my own two personal children, uh, I look forward to seeing them because I don't get to see them very often. And when we do it's distance, it's distance, <laughs> it's distance for six feet apart starting to get to the side hug. So that's, that's a huge accomplishment for us. But the children, my, my classroom, they keep me going. I think that has been driving me every day. Like just how am I going to connect and what am I going to do? And, and then when we do connect, it's a little escape, right? Just a little escape. And we're in this world together. And it's almost as if, as if it's normal, but it's not. <laughs> and it brings such great joy such great joy to me and that I'm honestly not okay with it stopping. <laughs> I don't want the end of the school year. It's like a, it's a weird mixed feeling. I'm ready. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm ready for summer so that I can let, get, let my hair down basically and just kind of relax and come to terms with lots of things. But in reality, it's kept me going and uh, I look forward to my time with my kids and I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss them. Well, thank you both for such heartfelt truths in our current reality. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, share your thoughts and what's really uh, going on in your personal lives and in your school lives. Um, Again, I want to thank you both for uh, taking your t time out of your busy schedule to share with the world your thoughts and things that you're doing for students and other teachers. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your afternoon.